What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah, it's the start of the week podcast. How yeah. was your weekend, man? Uh, the weather was awesome. Mm. Uh, I think we. We've been waiting for it, right? The yeah, November rain. The November I haven't rain. Felt, I haven't felt like this when walking around outside and I'm like, oh, I'm not sweating or, you know, like dying of heat or anything. It's mm. been a while. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but what do you normally like to do in this sort of weather? This weather? Yeah. Uh, like that kind of grayish, slightly drizzly kind of thing. Like stay home, play with your kid, bring your kid out. Drink Milo. Drink hot Milo. Hot Milo. Every time it's always ice Milo. Now it's like hot Milo hot season. Hot Milo. <laughs> hot Milo. Yeah, man. But how many cups of Milo can you drink? I mean, it's I mean you're setting the mood la, and then you go and do other things like watch TV or something. La. Instead of coffee or anything, Milo. Milo's the, the rainy day drink. Yeah, yeah, Milo, Milo. Yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. yeah. Do you, want to, you don't need coffee all the time. In fact, like holiday season, usually it's some peppermint something or eggnog, eggnog. or one of those things. Or what's that? Mild wine. Mild wine, yeah. Mild yeah, wine. Yeah. Usually stuff that doesn't wake you up but like sort of dulls your senses. Oh, I see, I see, I see. I mean, I love yeah. this kind of weather specifically for like just going for a long run. Mm-hmm. Well, on Saturday, I did that. I was listening to a podcast, mm. walk, run down, and it's just a, like little drops of drizzle on your mm. head. You know, it's magical. Mm. Like a lot of time to think, yeah. do some stretches, look at the skyline. You're like, wow, this is yeah. this is life. But this is your, I guess, I guess we can really, Deepavali's over, Thanksgiving's over, so we can talk about it. This is your first uh, Christmas as a married person. Actually, no, last year, what? Oh, yeah, you were married before Christmas. Ah, yeah. This is my first Diwali as a Diwali, yeah, 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 Correct, yeah. correct. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to ask how, how is it, does it feel any different in the lead up and all that? Uh, no, eh. no, 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 no difference. Yeah, yeah. Now it's the lead up to the first anniversary. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, that one was just going for like uh, dinner and then. Yeah, no, yeah, one, no one cares really like, by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's still <laughs> like I'm trying to not be like, like, like treated like how I used to treat my mm-hmm. birthdays, like, you know? No, uh, sorry. I don't mean that no one cares. I mean that uh, it, it will feel like a very big, like, drop from the excitement of your actual wedding, like, right? Oh, you felt that? Uh? No, 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 I'm just saying in general, like, right? Uh, the wedding is like, if, if there was a a nine or whatever. Mm. Then the anniversary is generally like the much lower energy and it's just between the, the two of you to celebrate. But less stress lah. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so stress, it's yeah. like inversely pro- proportional lah. Yeah lah, yeah lah. But you know, some people like to make like, oh, a big, uh, <laughs> getting yeah, married yeah. second time, uh, ten, uh, not a second time, I said 10 year anniversary, big one and all my friends celebrate. Like, would you have a 10 year anniversary celebration? Not with like, pub public right. and all that. Like. But I know people who, I've attended people's like, yeah, same anniversary same. celebrations. Uh, and, yeah. and it's like a host and everything kind of. Of course, they're rich also, but it's... If it's like 50th anniversary, then maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But even then, I feel like, uh, it's like strange to... to By then, you're in your like 70s, 80s, you just fuck it, uh, you just party all night. But that's the thing, like, by that time already, mm. you probably got other things to celebrate. Whether it's your kids... Like whatever lah, turning twenty one or no lah, like your friends lah. Like imagine you haven't seen your friends for so long. Yeah, yeah, you can still invite your friends. Yeah, right, you know. But I'm just saying that shouldn't revolve so much around you per se, really lah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm gonna get together with some friends, and throw you like <laughs> a, like an eightieth, like fiftieth anniversary thing. Do everything you hate lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do everything you yeah. hate. Oh, that would be that would be awesome. That would be. That'll Hopefully, we're still doing it. Yeah, but at that point in time, yeah, yeah, our fifteen thousand episode surprising. But yeah, yeah, so uh, this is your, I guess your, 
but last year was very hectic, lah, right? This year, yeah, you've yeah. got like time to plan and everything. Actually, you were just going for dinner only. No, but you're hosting people and all during in the lead up to oh for Christmas, not yeah, anniversary. Christmas, yeah. yeah, talking about Christmas. Yeah, no, this time is my my wife's family mainly. Mm. So we're not really hosting; is we are going to her family place, lah. I see. I see. Yeah, uh, Diwali is like home Your turf. thing. No, no, but like Christmas, we'll still have some friends over. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, and any religious uh, rites or ceremonies that you are. Gonna be powerful for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like going to <laughs> going to church, lah, Terrence. Yeah, I'll go with my wife's family. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go. <laughs> I just, I just checking, just checking. I will go. I'm just checking. I made a commitment yeah. to my wife, and I will go. Okay. I'm just checking if that's on the calendar already, or is of it? Of course, yeah. it's in the calendar every year, man. Mm. Every year. So you heard it here. You heard it. Here. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just not gonna pangse. Nah, yeah, not gonna pangse. Not gonna pangse the church. But Christmas know. for you, any, any like. Christmas specific celebrations or it's just like a holiday? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I yeah, it's it, to me, it's a very secular kind of holiday. Mm. I went to like carnivals over the weekend. They started uh, the Christmas carnivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So you go to, I mean, a bunch of like, um, uh, what do you call it, department stores. Mm. Now that Deeper Valley's over, they dare to open already. La. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they just Christmas playlist. <laughs> Play! <laughs> Put out the decorations, everybody! <laughs> Come on, let yeah. it go, man. And then, yeah, so the carnival literally opened like, uh, this past weekend. La. So, uh, uh, for example, you go to Shaw, Shaw Center. Uh, There's a very big, like, two-story carousel right outside. Mm. Got, and then, plus the weather we've been having the last few days. Oh, yeah. Like, wow, like approximately, uh, it approximates like those Christmas market uh, wow, serious, uh? I mean, not obviously nowhere near la, but, but still, close enough, la, close enough. As good as you can get in Singapore. La, yeah. ah. Until you, you end up having to pay $10 for a carousel right there. Like, what the fuck so expensive? But was it a good carousel, right? I mean, with a kid, like everything is like amazing, right? You know, when you when you said they set up a two story carousel, I thought like the carousel had a pop up, you know, like oh you mean like selling, carous- selling, yeah. selling. Well, <laughs> yeah. That would be like, like uh, that would be like a Christmas carousel. That would be a nightmare, man. I tell you, <laughs> all the people who who ghosted you in your last ten you carousels, go there and meet face to face. Wow, like every I mean, I've been trying to sell some stuff on carousels. Okay, I think end of year people try to clear out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Horrible experience, man. I always oh, end up like wanting shit. to kill somebody. Yeah. That's how they have butchered the word for me, man. I did not think about like a like a round carousel or anything. Yeah, no, something so innocent. I just thought that's gonna be a pop up. Carousel, carousel, man. But yeah, carousel. I mean, your, I mean, for you, your weekend. I mean, you were just in Korea, so it's much colder than here. Yeah, you just can't yeah. possibly feel that cold. But it was here. nice. Like I think I kind of like the gray weather. Gray uh. compared to sunny weather, I like uh, the gray weather. I don't know, it just makes you make a bit more reflective and like uh, introspective. Glass half, glass half empty kind of person. Uh, you know. No, no, no. Doing grey weather, I feel glass half full. <laughs> oh, okay. Because okay. I feel that you can slow down, you're not sweating your ass off and like you can think a bit more. Uh, in some ways, we, because in Singapore, even when it's like showers and all that, right, we don't get confined by the environment mm. or the climate, right? Whereas like when you travel, you have to plan a lot around snow, around oh, yeah, like, rain, yeah. around driving conditions, around road closures. Whereas in Singapore, like generally everything just runs. Our transport around. is like weatherproof. Yeah, yeah, weatherproof. yeah. So, so in some ways, I, I get what you're saying. Like the grey weather kind of, like even with a little light drizzle, or that makes you think a little bit, okay, what's my plan of action? Like, am I just going to mm-hmm. go out or I still have to bring umbrella and all these things? Oh no, I was saying think about life, not think, think about what to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just think so, about yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are different, different stages. <laughs> yeah, like, just married. Uh, you're still thinking about life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, just trying to survive. If it's drizzling, in fact, I want to go out because everything is a little less crowded, lah. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Thankfully. So, so yeah, mm, mm. But yeah, cool, but yeah, man. Uh, 
also makes the conversations that we have in here, uh, you know, a bit more about grey weather kind of yeah. conversations. As in, they're not like gangbangers, exciting kind of thing. In fact, like, the first right? topic is about some some stuff having rain pour down on them, right? Correct, correct. Ra- yeah. What's the phrase? You rain rain on the rain parade. On parade. Rain yeah, on yeah, the parade. Yeah, yeah, correct. Rain yeah. on the parade. But yeah, before we jump to all that though, yes. uh, one thing we do need to tell people mm. is that if you enjoy this podcast, please follow us, subscribe on social media, on Spotify or YouTube to listen, to listen to this and also our social media accounts where we post updates and, and little clips mm-hmm. of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And if you want to work with us, just hit us up at contact at ministryoffunny.com uh, and yeah, if you have any ideas, if you want to get us new clothes or whatnot, just just hit us up, man. Yeah. Um, always open to chat. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Yes. But yeah, let's jump right into it, man. Sweet. Let's yeah. talk about uh, the thing that was in everyone's minds like maybe two years ago. But now it's a bit of a winter mm-hmm. for, that, for that industry. I mean, every once in a while, there's some aspect of it that gets onto people's minds. Like, even last week, there was a big controversy, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but in Singapore, uh, last Thursday, 23rd November, the MAS, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, um, announced its final set of um, uh, regulations for digital payment tokens or DPT, which is just crypto, la, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, there's fucking chat GPT, now got DPT. Like, it's just, it's, it's a bit much. So yeah. I'm going to use the word crypto. La, okay? mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, the final set of responses... Uh, and this has been actually a long discussion over the past two years. Mm. There have been a series of public consultations, proposed measures, feedback, and shit like that. Uh, but yeah, they released some stuff which uh, involves like details about business conduct and consumer access measures, mm. basically to limit potential harm. Yeah. yeah. Consumer harm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, overall, like, we can, before we go into the weeds of it, like, um, what made you want to talk about this, uh, Terrence? Uh, I mean, like like you mentioned, uh, crypto stuff still comes up in the news. Most of the time nowadays, it's bad stuff. Like, mm, right? mm. Last week was uh, the conviction of the Binance CEO. Mm. Who, I mean, I think long story short, basically there was a, there have been cases of money laundering uh, on Binance, and and it, it's quite it's quite apparent that it was actually uh, allowed and even encouraged in some way mm. on the on the platform now. Mm. And uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried from uh, FTX was also convicted of, you know, using customer funds to to basically pay for their, all his lavish uh, expenses, but but also funding his own uh, hedge fund, uh, yeah. Mm. So which is not supposed to do, and so a lot of people have lost money uh, due to FTX. So yeah, I mean, cryptocurrency, the industry is uh, sort of the. The, the reputation of the general industries in the in the in the gutter right now, mm. um, but maybe the only way from here is up lah, and and that's where MAS is coming in to to put some guidelines in for people lah, right? Yeah, because I mean, like, uh, I think the whole world, it like crypto went mainstream probably probably around COVID lah, right? Mm. Uh, before COVID, when the world was going to shit, I remember I remember it. Uh, Bitcoin peaked at don't know what hundred k US or something. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking insane, like, And you had a lot of overnight millionaires and all. And since then, I don't know about you, but I know some people who had money in like FTX sure. and just lost everything. Yeah. Uh, big then, amounts. I think big enough to be like stressful. Like. Oh, stressful. Yeah. Then Terra, also Terra, yeah, yeah. Terra Luna, and all yeah. that. And 
it, it was this whole past one and a half years has been kind of weird because you would see spikes of optimism mm. and then like some shit happened. Spikes of optimism, some shit happened. And it's just going back to like the whole, it feels like crypto is again being seen as like, uh, you know, all that hype was nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you see Binance, which was quite a very, like like almost one of the poster boys of the crypto world, yeah. be embroiled in such a controversy. And I mean, yeah, like like the money laundering thing is quite serious because I I watched the Coffee Zilla video. Yeah. And it's quite informative, like and in, to see what happened, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, that was my one shock thing in the last Yeah, yeah that was your one shock yeah. thing. Because I mean the way crypto works, like Binance has no head office. No? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so they are not really subject to any country's regulations, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh and then, then Dubai, la, right? Based in Dubai. Oh yeah, maybe based yeah, yeah. in they were in chi- in China, Hong yeah. Kong first or something, yeah. then went to Canada, then Dubai, then as of now on Wikipedia, it says there's no head office. Mm. So then it becomes like, how how do you regulate it? Like? And for the longest time, we've heard that regulation for crypto is coming up. Like. Mm. Uh, but, but, I mean, just broadly, like some of the things that were proposed here is that uh, things that are like everyone might be able to relate to is you cannot use credit cards to buy crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, local credit cards. Local yeah. credit cards. Like. But I mean, same way you can't use credit cards to pay for insurance you know mm-hmm. uh, that was also something I discovered like last year mm. um, and uh, you, even calculating net worth you cannot mm. use crypto yeah uh, and and um, what, what else uh? like uh, you there, there, there's some proposals for uh, retail investors to kind of be accredited mm. or get some sort of um, accredit- accreditation to be, be before you can buy Mm. Uh, there can't be any ads for crypto. Yeah. Uh, you can't offer incentive incentives to trade in crypto. Um, and yeah, qu- quite a lot of things. And this applies not just to Singaporeans, but to any op- entity operating out of Singapore. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was like, oh, okay. That that's the main thing I've seen the chatter online about, lah. Yeah. Isn't it overly strict, overly harsh? Mm. Doesn't it go against what the spirit of crypto is, lah? Right. Deregulation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Deregulation and like basically you take all the power into your hands, lah, right? Mm. So like I mean reading this, because there's like a thirty page document mm. um that came out and a bunch of other documents is is very detailed. Mm. Uh but as you were reading this, like 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 even right now, what are your thoughts on crypto? Just at a broad broad level. Um I guess it's sort of settling into it's another uh financial instrument uh, right mm. that people can use to exchange mm. money. Uh I mean the promise of it was that yala uh it's meant to be fully transparent and open and all that. But I think because I've been following the Sam Bankman Fried case very closely and and then now this Binance thing has come up as well. And I've realized that yeah it's like any other financial instrument. Uh, there will be people who will, you know, use all the loopholes to try and uh, do selfish things for themselves, right? Mm. Extract the value, all the value of it for themselves. And uh, ultimately, it's it's just a case of human greed and you can't, you can't depend on this like um, utopian world where everyone is like kumbayaing and then like, you know, all the money changing hands is, is, is doing good around the world and all that. Mm. And it's very clear that like, Binance one, is, it's, it seems like they're terrorists and and uh, black market, yeah, black market okay, money yeah. laundering. It's all happening, and it's being. Um, it was they were not even closing a blind eye. They were literally almost like seemed like they were almost like telling people how to get around. Mm. Uh, around the, like the you close this account, yeah, close and you open up, up account, yeah. and then 
if you're VIP, blah, blah, blah. There's a, so the CoffeeZilla video is great, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it just makes me like, okay, I mean, I think I feel like it needs to be regulated. Lah, and, and uh, I mean, this MAS probably is just trying to take the a more proactive step to it. I think there's there's very little uh, precedence around the world. Mm. So, I mean, good thing that they are trying to take these proactive steps to protect people. But then, but then like, you know what you say, it goes against the spirit of crypto. Because on one hand, I was thinking, ultimately, like right now, you can't really decide what people do with their money. Like the yeah. government can't say, right, you can't buy this, you can't spend like $200 on Lazada and all that. And I mean, gambling in Singapore, it... it controlled. Wait, is it, is it legal? It's legal, but it's controlled. Uh. How is it controlled? Like if you want to go to a casino, yeah. you got to have like uh, $200. Yeah. You have to buy in, everything. But sports betting and all that? Uh Oh, yeah, la, it's much less controlled. But there are certain, I think like, there are certain you can opt in to to be on lists, or fa- your family can sign you up to be on lists of where you're not allowed to to gamble. Uh, mm. Large amounts, yeah. I know certain retail investing apps. Some force you to take some really fucking annoying tests. Mm. Uh, because I signed up for a bunch, and yeah. some don't la. Yeah. So for this also, like for the crypto thing, is ultimately if people are willing to take their own risk, why should it? Why should they be stopped from doing it? Uh. I think the the you, what we just compared compared crypto to la, right mm. casino gambling and uh 4D betting and all these things these are quite established risks that people have known for a long time la. it's called gambling right there's no other way around it whereas I think in the last I don't know five years ten years cryptocurrency has been it's been yeah it's been spoken about as like the thing that will change the world la, right at one point. Now it's AI, like, now everything's AI. But at one point, everything was like blockchain and crypto is going to change mm. the world. And it's this technology that you need to get, catch up with. If not, you'll be left behind and everything. So there were, I think there were a lot of people who rushed in to the whole thing thinking that it's got to be legit, like, right? Because mm. everyone's talking about it. It can't possibly be like some some Ponzi scheme or some uh, Bernie Madoff kind of thing, like, right? Mm. But it turns out, yeah, they had some of these schemes can be worse than Bernie Madoff. Like literally that's what the the guy who's handling the, the who's handling the bankruptcy of FTX is saying mm. like the, the fraud perpetrated there was at a worse level than Bernie Madoff, like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I, I think it's it's still like there's uh, been many, many uh there've been decades of like uh uh the government stepping in to try and curb problem gambling and things like that, right? Mm. But crypto is such a new thing and it's so easy to get caught up in a wave and thinking that, you know, it's like this technology thing that we don't understand, but, you know, it's going to change the future and everyone's going to be using it. That's why so many people pump money into it. That's why so many people lost. Mm. And uh, until there's a, I think there's a bit more understanding of crypto and it's it's the dangers of, of using it as well, right? Uh, uh, a lot, there's still going to be a lot of people who are going to pump in their life savings thinking they're going to make like a lot of money from it. But technically, like even stocks where companies can be yeah. volatile. Yeah. So that one also, you whenever you invest, mm. you have to bear with the risk of it all going away, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. So so why, like for you, why is it different like stocks? Because crypto is so new. Mm. People don't understand it yet, right? And I think half the people who talk about crypto don't even understand it themselves. Like, mm. All the gurus and all that, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, so the one on LinkedIn, they have Web three enthusiasts, blockchain, you know, advocate yeah. Web Web three, yeah, yeah, blockchain ambassador or something. Uh, yeah. So they don't even understand the technology behind it, you know. Mm. And and here they are shilling and selling you something 
as a retail investor that you probably even understand even less, right? Mm. So it's just, I mean, it's just a almost like a Ponzi scheme waiting to waiting to explode, no? And I think because like like from my layman perspective, uh, um, thoughts on like stocks and all, even before you list as a company, mm. there is a very rigorous process, right? Mm. You can argue that it's overly rigorous. I don't know too many steps, but it's like a one year, two year process, right? Mm. Um, and all the the stock exchanges and all, they have their own fair share of like um, inspectors la, in air quotes. Yeah. In the US, is the SEC, la, right? Yeah. Um, but for blockchain and crypto, I think because it is so supposedly deregulated, um, that's where it gets tricky. Because, mm. I mean, as much as I also feel like, okay, like, you know, the belief that there needs to be a native currency for the internet, which mm. is the essence of like crypto, la it did feel a little too wild, wild west. Mm, mm. So in some way, like the regulation, I don't know whether these are the best regulations or not because like what you said, it's not the most common in the world and a few countries are doing it uh, only, but felt like there needs to be something in place. Mm. But then also like, I know at one point, Singapore was becoming like the crypto hub of Southeast mm. Asia. Yeah. So that's why it's just, I'm sure there's been so much discussions behind closed doors but feels like the direction is also changing a bit. La. Maybe now we're going to be the AI hub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what we're building towards. Really. Yeah. They're like crypto. Okay. You know what? Fuck that. Yeah. Um, AI. La. AI is less less potential for scams and shit. Like yeah. That, la. Yeah. And still embedded within the general economy. Because, I mean, there was the the whole controversy about Tomasic investing in FTX also, right? Yeah. And yeah. even though any investment firm, you will always take risks and you will always lose money with certain, it just didn't like look Good lah, right? Did he invested three hundred million? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, a lot lah. But but and and there were all these. Uh, it was known that there were these even investor calls that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was doing with like Sequoia and all, where yeah he was basically playing uh playing uh, computer games while on the calls. Uh. But that's his thing, man. That's his stick. No, and, and uh. they even sold it as like, wow, he's so brilliant that he's he's able to do this, you know, and like. There are all these puff pieces written about him that were on Sequoia's website that now in retrospect, you you watch it and you're like, wow, what the hell are all these investors thinking? Like, right? I mean, there was that puff piece by a creator. I'm not so sure if you've heard of him, Nas Daily. Yes. This is the most generous billionaire in the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out there. Yeah, that puff piece. And you, he took it down, right? I, mean, I think he took it down. He issued a sort of a follow-up video like mm-hmm. one year later. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the damage has been done like, by all these puff pieces where, mm. where people bought into the hype around these exchanges and crypto in general. Mm. And yeah, the retail, the retail investors were the ones who, who basically have been shafted. Like. Yeah, but, but at the same time also like, um, because it, it, I, I, I do think, even though I'm not the f- most aware, I think if you are savvy enough, you can go around it like. So mm. maybe that is the whole point of this regulation. Like for people who don't know enough to go around it, those are the people who are at greatest risk. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, even right now, like I have some crypto, I still I still keep it on one of those digital exchanges online. Like. Mm. Even though I know I should move it to like a, like a what's the term? Physical wallet? Do, do those terms sound familiar to you? No. Yeah. No. So basically, you can hold crypto in your own physical wallet. Because mm. right now, like let's say if you had it in FTX or something, FTX goes down, your money is gone. Mm. So the general advice is you move it to a crypto wallet. I still haven't, a physical wallet. I mm. still haven't done that. Yeah. So so I think there are people who are not as savvy like me and maybe people who are a lot savvier 
the people who are a lot savvier, these regulations might not even impact them. Yeah. But for the people who are less savvy, yeah, maybe this feels like one of those times where a bit more regulation is good. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. So, so I mean, interesting that, that MAS uh, came out with this. Uh, the whole document is online. Um, I think, I mean, it's it's too niche to have any public, like, kind of huge-ass discussions about it. But on Reddit, you got some chatter. La. But I guess, yeah, the, the big question is, yeah, where, how does crypto fit the Singapore's landscape? La? Mm. Yeah. I mean, now cashless also, like, gig, <laughs> DBS go down, the whole country cannot buy. Can't and, even draw <laughs> money from an ATM <laughs> at some why, point. And the whole country is like, oh my God, the world yeah. is ending, the world is ending. Yeah, MAS, can we fix that first? Yeah, can then, <laughs> then we worry about crypto later. <laughs> You can want to you protect imagine, investors, please protect them. Just keep the cash safe. <laughs> can you imagine you can pay with Ethereum, Solana, Bitcoin, but the pay now, sorry, cannot. Yeah, that's the, that the dream, uh, now, right? Pay now cannot, pay now cannot. And now the, the scary thing is that your Ethereum can disappear overnight because some dude just, you know, in Bahamas just decides like to transfer it to his hedge fund. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, but yeah, la. interesting, man. Mm. But I'm interested to find out like those people who are very bullish about crypto like mm. two, three years ago. Like what? What they? What do they think of it now? That right? Yeah. I, I think I know some friends who are still very bullish. Uh, and now it's like one of those things, like you know, like during a downturn, you hear all the investor gurus like uh, uh saying that it's during a downturn that you buy, because it's a ten year game, la. So I know some people who are like on in crypto, just saying you buy now when it's low, because at some point it is inevitable that it gets bigger, la. Mm. I, I, I mean, Bitcoin's big already, la, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very big. It's, but it's not, not going to go peak, away. La. It's yeah, not its peak uh, valuation. La. Yeah, it's not going to go away. But the question is whether it will still go down some more or anything uh, whenever something happens, la, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, people playing the game of crypto mm. got burned quite a bit in the last one, two years, la, right? Mm. But there's also another group of people who are playing another game who got frozen uh, or at least like, you know, like really stuck, in, left out in the cold mm. to the point where they want to sue the people who, who are doing the game. Uh. Mm. Uh, so I'm not sure if this game can be regulated because it's quite a unique game. And what game is this? Uh? It is the the Squid Game, The Challenge, which yeah. is a, a recent show that came out on Netflix, mm. premiered on November 22nd. Uh, and of course, it is based on the global hit, the Squid Game. No, Squid Game, not the Squid Game. Uh, and it's basically yeah, 456 international contestants playing games mm-hmm. similar to what the the actors played on played in the show, mm-hmm. with the hopes of winning a cash prize of 4.56 US million. No? Yeah, and it is the biggest payout for any reality TV show in the history of reality TV. Wow, yeah, Crazy. and there are 456 international contestants, one of whom. At least we know is Singaporean. Yeah, someone who's been in our videos and our yes. TV show before. Not... Uh, good old Danny Yo. Yeah, I think he was one of the oldest contestants. I think the oldest. The oldest, right? You're seventy four. Mm. So yeah, no one off, one off. Oh, one off. Okay. Yeah, one off. So so I mean, have you watched the show yet? Not this show, no. Yeah. Oh, you haven't watched lah. No, Do I you haven't. plan to? Uh, I'll catch. I want to catch that uh, Uncle Danny in the episode. Uh, I yeah. heard you can see him sort of in the in the book in the black background of somebody. Was oh, it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I will try to catch maybe one episode. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know whether I watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Apparently, it's come out to mixed reviews. Yeah. Uh. There've been some netizens saying that they feel the show takes themselves too seriously. Mm. Like they're saying it's not life and death, so just have fun with it, which I think is a fucking stupid comment. Mm. Uh, because I mean, the show is the show, they want to make it intense and all, it's not, 
not your problem. Mm. But there's the criticism that the whole point is that the, the show, the original show, was sort of like a satire about uh, about capitalism in mm. our society taken to an extreme, right? And now this game show is about capitalism to the extreme, right? Where yeah, you, yeah. Where you participate and do whatever you can to win so that you can mm. beat everyone else and win four and a half million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So isn't that kind of like, kind of loses the, I mean, kind of loses the plot when it comes to like building on what the show was trying to say. That was like, what happened with uh, Mr. Beast also, is it? Mr. Beast did a, a Squid Game Squid remake. Game re- not a remake, la, but yeah, he did a game show version of Squid yeah, Game, yeah. which was fine as a Mr. Beast video because that's what he does yeah. as Mr. Beast. But it got some criticism. Right? We mm. did a t- podcast talking about it also. I believe so, yeah. I think it's because whether whether it was right for him to do that without the IP or, oh, yeah, or yeah, some stuff that, like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. when the show came out, he tweeted that it was a pity that Netflix didn't uh, like approach him and his his team because they had a lot of learnings from doing their thing. I'm sure. And if you look at Mr. B's video, it was very highly yeah, produced. Highly though. produced. Yeah. Highly produced. But this one, yeah, I mean, it came out. So the controversy is that um, two contestants are, are apparently seeking compensation for injuries they suffered on a reality TV series. Mm. Uh, so it's a uh, they are being represented by. Express Solicitors, a British personal injury law firm. Mm. Um, and basically, during the first game, I think, which was the red light, green light. Mm. Uh, and for those who didn't watch Squid Game, it is this thing where everyone is on this big open space and there's this huge-ass doll that uh, like has her body back towards you and you can run as far forward. But the moment she turns, you have to freeze. Mm. Uh, <coughs> in the show, if you move, you get shot to death. Yeah. Right? So this one... Uh, freeze and then you, you when the doll turns back you have to try and uh, go past the finishing line la. Mm. and I think there's a time limit mm. so uh, if you don't make it past the finishing line you're disqualified mm. so apparently that this was done outdoors uh, honestly outdoors it was exposed to outdoor temperature mm. and apparently it was around zero degrees oh man yeah. uh, and you can see what the contestants are wearing la. they're not mm. in winter clothes they're like in that jumpsuit Yep. Um, and even Danny Yo, the Singaporean guy, said the conditions were definitely unfavorable, especially for the elderly. Mm. Uh, the game was supposed to last only for a few hours after lunch, but it dragged on until 10 p.m. Yeah. So yeah, you got these people, uh, two people saying that, um, yeah, like one of their hands almost turned blue. Mm-hmm. But what what do you make of this sort of complaints after you participate in the TV show? Uh, I mean, just to add one thing that Danny said, he said we were asked to hold up poses mm. for 5 to 10 minutes, which was challenge- challenging enough because of the cold. But as the game went on, we were asked to hold up poses for 20 to 30 minutes, which is a big disadvantage for the elderly. Mm. Um, I was just trying to wrap my head around that because in the actual Squid Game game itself, uh, I mean, as in the original show itself, right? Mm. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, they don't hold poses for yeah, like 20, 30 minutes. So what do you think was happening here in terms of asking people to hold poses? They just want the people to drop out. La, and then they'll edit out the, the periods in between. They'll just uh, make it seem like they pose and then they move. Uh, I see, I see. That was what I think was happening. La. So so basically, they were filming. La. Yeah, so they were, they were filming, just they were. basically making people stand there so that they could film them in that position. Maybe look around and find oh who's standing looking funny while standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who might and if they stand a bit longer, then maybe they'll they'll stop and they'll drop like right? disqualified. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So so I guess that's uh because I was trying to figure out why why 
was this uh, extension from like 5 to 10 minutes to 20 to 30 minutes. Because standing in position for like 20 to 30 minutes. It's not easy lah. Yeah, especially in the cold, man. Yeah. yeah. It's tough eh? But then, for them to pursue legal action uh, as a result of poor health and safety standards on set. So, I mean, we don't know what the health and safety standards are on set. Mm. Uh, I would imagine in the UK, mm. uh, there's more protection than in countries like Singapore. Mm. Where in Singapore, I mean, you still get people doing like 18-hour, 20-hour shoots, sleep yeah. deprivation and all. But in this case, you think they have a, they, they have some claim? Probably depends on what contract they sign, uh, I mm. guess. Because the idea of the game is that it's a competition, right? And it's a physical competition. Uh, it's not even like mental, it's a physical thing. Yeah. So if cold is meant to be part of the competition, then I don't think, I think it's quite a difficult thing to 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 claim, right? Mm, that, mm, that, uh, that it was inhumane working conditions. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. But if the contract is that, oh, we will, our shoot will go no longer than eight hours a day, uh, you'll be adequately like access to warm clothing and all that. Mm. So, so yeah, I guess it depends on the contract because my first thought is that it is a physical competition mm. that if you have to stay out in the cold and you get disqualified because you can't take the cold, then that means you are, mm. you are not up to it. La. So there's this, there was this competition in Singapore many years ago mm. where like, Standard people, Charter, is it? No, 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 no. Like people have to stand like outside Takashimaya. Oh. With a, and then it? they had to put a hand on the car, you know. Oh, is it? For many, many hours. Eh. Wow. <laughs> well, I just realized never, I just never, got, I just got baited into a conversation never, about Subaru Challenge. Never again. heard of that, man. Never. Tell me more. I know you're just waiting. Tell me I was more. Like, where is Harish <laughs> going with this? Ah, okay. So here we are. <laughs> tell me more, Terrence. Tell me more. Subaru Challenger. Yeah, Subaru yeah. Challenge, what right? about yeah. it? No, I mean, there's that aspect, right? Like, if you can't... I mean, what if somebody who was in Subaru Challenge mm. sued the organizer saying, like, inhumane conditions? I know. I'm be like, fuck off, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's the mentality. That's your... your jock, jock millennial, mentality. Millennial, yeah. like, Entitled boomer, mentality, yeah. Gen X millennial kind of mentality. Old millennial mentality, like. No, right? that being said... uh. Like if there were no breaks at all, like for twenty four mm, hours, mm. or if like it was like cat one lightning and everyone was still standing outside, mm. I I think there can be grounds for claiming something or something. But even something then, like. just drop out like you're not happy, right? Ah, uh, yeah, that's true also. Right, that's true. You can always drop out. Yeah, you can always drop out. You can always move. Yeah, if you feel something's not, true not very safe for you because of your age or because of your yeah or whatever conditions, just drop out. Like, yeah. And and people do have different tolerances for cold. Mm. It might even be biological, right? If yeah. your hands are turning blue, might be a yeah. good reason to drop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. And I know, I know, like people from a lot of uh, people. Some some people I know from like New Zealand and all. They walk everywhere barefoot. Like mm. even I've even seen them go hiking barefoot. You know, like when I was wearing like hiking boots and all that. Is it? Yeah, it's just they were just they just grew up in the bush and stuff like that, lor. And they're, they're like completely normal. Like they go to work, go to office and stuff like that. But when they go hiking, they just go barefoot. Barefoot, uh? yeah. so like, more. Can you imagine if like we went to a competition with those people and then they were like, oh, you know, they're not giving us shoes. That's like inhumane. And then after that, they're like, huh? That's normal. But anyway, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get the last point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Different yeah. people got different thresholds. Yeah, for, different for thresholds. Things, like. yeah. And the main thing is you're not being held at gunpoint, right? Mm. So so I mean, they paint they they have paint I think they have paint guns to shoot you. Yeah, but then you drop out lah. That means yeah, you get shot lah, right? I'm pointing out that they are at gunpoint in some way. Oh, they are but, at gunpoint. Not, not, that's not true like, Not like 
lethal guns. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have to... Yeah. No, you know the game, right? When, yeah, when yeah, they, yeah. they catch you, then they, sh- they in the show, they shoot you uh, on the spot, they kill you. No, but this red light, green light was not shot by the, the staff. Or it was by the big doll uh, that would shoot you, right? I think, yeah. But no, I think there were... The by the side, is it? Yeah, oh. Shoot the people who, who screw up. Oh, I see. The I doll see. identifies who to shoot, then they shoot the person. I see, I see, I see, I see. But yeah, they shoot you with paintball, uh, paintballs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So in this case, don't know. Like, I mean, it's it's ongoing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, Depends on depends on what was was set out. Like, if they were told it was going to be indoors, you know, controlled. Mm. Uh, we know we are filming in cold weather, but don't worry, it'll be heated. And then they throw you here. Then maybe you got grounds for it, like. Mm, mm, mm. But I mean. Because we have, uh, where we've been in production, right? And mm. then we, what like, where does the line between inhumane work conditions and, and you know, this is just what it is on set, lah. Like, where how do you make decisions like that, lah? When you have to do different difficult things, lah. I think, like, let's say, I don't know whether there's anything set in stone, but like, definitely sleep. Right, okay. access to food, access to water, yeah, and even just danger, like if you're shooting something with real knives, mm. it's like does it need to be real knives? Yeah, so I think yeah. there is a line. Uh. I don't know how to draw the line. Uh. No, because we've done things like um, like actors or actresses have to submerge their heads into the in underwater, like, right in the sea, mm. and then they come out multiple times. And all yeah, that. yeah, and I remember it was quite. I won't say it's a moral quandary or what, like, but as you know, that time I was directing on it, and I was I had to make like on the on the spot decisions about whether the last take was good enough and yeah, everything yeah. while she's out there in the cold water okay this is Ketanya right? she, yeah, yeah. she had a scene where she was underneath the cold water and her head emerges and we wanted to shoot it in slow motion mm. so it was very important how even her hair came out of the water and everything if, the, if her hair comes out in front of her she looks like Sadako mm. if she comes out behind she'll look like you know a Bond girl coming out of mm. the water you know mm. so it's very important so yeah, we I remember we did multiple takes. After a while, I was like, okay, I think she's like, uh, it, it's it's really quite rough on her already. I think we should stop that and we should use whatever we have, have shot to the best of our ability, even if it's a little bit out of focus or something. Mm. You just got to run with it. Mm. Uh, and I remember at that point, I was like, wow, you know, these kind of decisions, sometimes on set, yeah, you want to capture the best thing. You have like 40 people all waiting to try and get capture the best shot of it. I think there's a lot of the pressure that way, but at the end of the day, you're like dealing with humans or so, like, who can only do something that many times. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. But, 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 even that Ministry of Funny videos, I remember there's one time that you wanted to, we were filming you like doing flips. Oh, like, into the water. In the water. Yeah. Then I remember you did it to a point where your nose was like bleeding or something. Then you're like, no, no let's do it one more time. It's not good enough. Then I said, no, Harish, it's enough already. Stop it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to stop. You got to stop the people from like, you know, hurting themselves. But you know, like, uh, while we were on the set for Shoot the Terrorist, I don't remember you showing any concern when I had a ball gag in my mouth. <laughs> ball and, gag? And being manhandled on the floor. It was part of the script, right? It's all part of the script. Yeah, but how many fucking times? <laughs> how many fucking times? My hands were tied behind my back and I was slamming onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think you were like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, Harish, do one more time? Okay. <laughs> yep, Harish, you do one more time? 
And because I had a ball gag, so I couldn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, like, I remember that summer salt thing in the water. Summer salt thing, yeah. Summer yeah. salt thing. Because I was I had to lie down after that. Yeah. And I those were the earlier days, like when <laughs> we were really just all about getting the the craziest things. And I don't know where the the video is still probably there on some uh, Instagram so. yeah, somewhere. Because yeah. we did the reverse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you flipped out oh the water. It looked like you flipped out. It looked like I flipped out the water. That's correct. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but to clarify the ball gag thing is not yeah, as, la. it was not as yeah, it's not you're not danger, la, right? Yeah, you're not yeah, like, correct, correct. You're not I didn't go too long, la, yeah. like, like everyone else was like very nice. And even Terrence, la, Terrence yeah, yeah, was okay. Yeah, la, was okay yeah. But, but it, I, I think, you know, in light of, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the, the actor, the 30 Rock actor who, oh uh, yeah, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, I mean, I think he's in court again, right? For, he's being tried again for, yeah, uh, yeah apparently there's footage of that he actually, was firing like uh, guns with uh, blanks at people, only pointing at people and firing in front of them or what? Uh. Oh, is it? So I think they're bringing him back to to trial again. Uh. That one was around the case of a camera operator who died on set. The right? DP, yeah, the DP, the director of photography. Because who died on the set. blank was lo- not loaded properly. The gun was loaded with live bullets, apparently. Yeah. Oh. And for some reason, and, and Alec Baldwin was the one operating the gun. Uh. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's just the whole thing just shows you that, hey, this. These onset things don't no fool around with it. Actually, I don't know whether was it uh Kingdom also? Kingdom, was there someone who died? Kingdom. The South know. African zombie show. Kingdom. I thought Kingdom was a Korean zombie show. What South African? South Korean. South Korean South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, South Korean. South Korean Korean yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. show. I think there was a, a death or almost a near fatality. Possibly. Yeah, so when yeah. it comes to stuff like that, yeah. It, they, like, I, th- I guess basically on set, there are things that are too dangerous. Mm-hmm. There are things that are too dangerous. There are, and it's not just sometimes the craziest stunts. It's like, uh, if you don't even get enough food, water, sleep, yeah. people can be overworked. Like, some shoots can be super tiring. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is a line. So, in this case, maybe they do have a case. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they do have a case. I mean, if like the basics of a call sheet, right? You said the shoot is supposed to end at 2 p.m. It goes on till 10 p.m. Mm. And maybe they don't even get overtime pay or something. Mm. And then something happens. Case, yeah, if something, something happens, happens between happens, that 2 to 10 p.m., then yeah, you're setting yourself up for liability. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we have done overnight shoots before and in the morning when you're going home, you're just zonked out, la, right? Yeah. You're just destroyed. So, so yeah, interesting to see how this pans out. Yeah. But are you going to... So you're not... Uh, I'm going to give you one... After of, the boys, after Gen V, this is not your next... Your next show. I think I'm gonna give one episode, lah. I want to be. Yeah, I want to be. I finished the boys already. Yeah. Uh, season three. Yeah. But uh, that, that, that's. I mean, I want to see Uncle Danny because Uncle Danny, despite his age, remember he, more, right? yeah, yeah, he was involved in very quite physical scenes during our shoot for She's a Terrorist as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very memorable, very physical scenes. Uh. So, uh, props to him, lah. I think he. I mean, if anyone, if any elderly person from Singapore should represent mm, Singapore, Danny, he's it, lah. Yeah. <laughs> And in our show, he played the owner of a hotel, like a sleazy hotel, yeah, la, right? Sleazy hotel. The, the the person at the reception. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could be funny. I hope, I hope, I hope maybe he used it somewhere in his portfolio and that's why, that's how he got the, <laughs> yeah. the gig. Because apparently he beat out like 100,000 plus applicants, no? Yeah. So many applicants oh, for this thing. It's crazy. crazy. Like, well, why do you think they selected a 74-year-old guy from Singapore? I think, I don't know how many like above 70 there were. And like for him... He's done enough where you know that he's he understands how to be on camera. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's fairly active. It's funny. Yeah, yeah it's funny. funny. Yeah. But it was funny also. He said when someone called him from a UK number, he thought it was a scam. Yeah. <laughs> then they messaged him. Then he's realized, oh shit, this is for something that I didn't think I would get. Yeah. But yeah. Good. Yeah, kudos to Uncle Danny. Yeah, so I'll give it one episode. La. I'll give it one yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. 
just to see a good end. Yeah, man. But yeah, uh, speaking of uh, good things, uh, what is your one short comment? <laughs> one short comment is from long-time Redditor Monster Boy. Mm. Uh, so basically, the title of the post is on Reddit, uh, Thoughts on the Intro. I've noticed this for a long while now. Whenever the guys do the intro, Harish always makes it a point to introduce Terence's name. But mm. Terence doesn't reciprocate. Mm. What mm. do y'all think? Should <laughs> Terence also say Harish's name in the intro? Mm. Thank you, Monster Boy. So, over to you, Terence. Um, it's part of the balance. In the podcast, <laughs> Terence gets the shout-out. In any shows they make, Harish gets the shout-out as... Director, writer, actor, everything. Hey, it says director only. <laughs> it's okay? a comments. Yeah. comments no, that's one funny. comment. It's yeah. part of balance. Yeah. Uh. I mean, Harish, I mean, yeah, la, but Harish talks. Talks a lot more. <laughs> la. He fills fills the void with his words, la, right? Actually, I don't know. No. On this podcast, I don't know if anybody ever does a breakdown <laughs> what the distribution is in terms of airtime. 100% I will, I will put money on like 100%. So if you had to say like how many percent, how many percent, what, 55, 45? 60-40 probably. I don't yeah. think so. I la. think 60-40. Uh, let me look at Tristan. Is he, is he like looking? No, yeah, nothing. 60-40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60-40. <laughs> 60-40. Yeah. Sure, yeah, 60-40. 60-40. That means 50% more than what you say. Yeah. yeah essentially. That means yeah, for yeah. like every minute I'm speaking for like uh, yeah. fuck my math. 24. A minute and a half. Like, yeah. uh, for every minute and a half I'm speaking for a minute. I'm speaking for a minute for every minute and a half that you're speaking. Right. Oh yeah, la, yeah, la. yeah, correct, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. that's my that's my Subaru challenge, oh. That's me, oh. I have to sit through <laughs> like one point five times more of your your speech. That's then, why right? I listen to podcast one point five times speed. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Me, it me, I, makes sense now. I want to listen to the content of what people say, the nuance in their voice <laughs> when they say something. No, I'm not just trying to get my point across and cut <laughs> everyone off. Right. No, but literally there was an interview we were having that a uh, few days ago where someone yeah. was interviewing us for a story and, and, and he literally said okay Harry should be talking a lot Terrence what is your opinion and I was like fuck you man okay. fuck who him lah yeah fuck him uh, lah okay, okay, for pointing it out yeah but it's true I really okay, after yeah, all, it's I, was true, like, I, I was like I was just sitting there okay okay I mean I I, 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 I told you on the spot right I said wow I'm very amazed that you remember certain details about, uh, the uh, dates of like the dates of things uh, so it's like I know like there are some touch points in your life that you you talk about every new <laughs> gathering of people la. there's the you went to Africa to build toilets the stories uh, just reduce all there's the work the I did to one sentence like that Subaru challenge obviously is a huge chunk of your life <laughs> and now I realise the one big thing is like ask Harish how he went from SIA to you know doing to being, content being an actor yeah. I think you can tell that the story one, on my behalf also no I can't I can't I think you can so ultimately if I were to tell the story on behalf it would be basically Mm, this guy asked for a change in department, no? And after <laughs> that, decided he wants to do something else. Huh? That is the story. But somehow, you managed to stretch it into an hour and a half of like, oh, I emailed the CEO at 2 a.m. I never it's expected true, a response. It came, it was the happiest email I ever sent in my life. And I'm like, wow. That is literally, you sent an email asking to change department. That's what normal people would say. Uh, you know, the, ah, I was a bit bored, so I just best, sent an email. The best email that I've sent. And every time I tell, I can see people captivated. <laughs> no? Captivated by the story. Captivated to the point they're like, yeah, Harish, you've been talking a lot. Can we hear some of some, what other people have to say as well? So yeah, those are, I realise those are the three touch points. Those are like, you know, last time radio DJs, they always got this thing like, when they want to go toilet, they will uh, play Guns N' Roses, November Rain. Because the long song. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's like, if we are on the 
like three way conversation with somebody. Once uh, you start talking about one of those topics, yeah. I will probably go to the toilet. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll come back when when you're at the point where you're like, oh yeah, so and then like in uh yeah, twenty twenty we got screwed over by the network. Yeah, then about then about the time I slip in and come back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I realized. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I can say it without even thinking anymore. Yeah, I can tell the whole story. No, there's no no gaps. You know, no pauses for yeah, yeah. for dramatic effect or anything. <laughs> It's like quite amazing. Dude, but going back to this comment, <laughs> I I don't I think like our whole intro, right? Even mm-hmm. though we've been doing it for so much, yeah. it really I don't even remember how it came about. No? Mm. I don't even know whether uh when we first did the intro, was there even the part when we talked about a touch of humor and all that? Yeah. I have no idea. But mm. uh yeah, la, I mean I don't need my name to be mentioned, la. Mm. It's okay, la. It's everywhere already. La. Uh, but I appreciate it, Monster Boy. Yeah. I know you got my back. <laughs> Uh, you got my back. Because where else would you say my name in the intro? I don't know. Yeah. Good old humor, Harish. Yeah, I don't, I, just, I don't have a lot of words. I basically got three words. Three words in the intro. Like, good old humor. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you're... That's like a jingle. That's part of the jingle. That fades in the background. But I only have three words in the intro. Whereas yours is like a lot. Sometimes you got guests, then got add a lot of things. And after that, it just turned to me and it, oh, deliver my three words and then carry on. <laughs> Right, I mean that's how it organically came about, lah. Yeah, but but kids at home, remember, it's not always about the loudest guy in the room Mm-mm-mm. making the best points. Remember, Just yeah, remember yeah don't try and slip that in. <laughs> don't try and slip that in. Just pointing out before people think that you have to talk a lot to get yourself. <laughs> like, no, you don't. You don't. Yeah, you can be silent and strong type like Tarman, you know, the kind. That yeah. is true, man. That is true. What about you, man? What's your one short comment? It was a response to our last one where we talked about the Taylor Swift uh, concert tickets, right? Mm. Uh, Ray Doors on Reddit says, explains for the MBS retail membership, there's four levels and uh, this, this is the amount you have to spend every year to maintain the, the, the levels. Uh. For ordinary level, no spending, free to join. Prestige level, 5K a year. Elite level, 50K a year. Paisa level, 500K. So different levels have different perks, but it's just higher perks on previous levels. So, Prestige has 10% discount for hotel bookings and Elite has 15, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, this was something we're talking about because if you get the Taylor Swift, uh, the, the $50,000 package, mm. right, the most expensive one, you get an up- free upgrade to the Paisa level status, which is equivalent to spending 500 k a year. Damn. Yeah. So, but uh, Radars doesn't explain here like what Paisa can get you like you get a VIP room, but what else do you get like, from it? Oh, so you know? 500000 a year, probably a lot of it at the casino. Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's mostly at the casino. Mm. If not, it's... Well, I don't and, even know how to spend, are... How do you even spend $500,000 in a, in a year like, if you're not buying property or oh, something? Shit, right. man. Yeah. So it's Mr. Moneybags. Uh. Mm. But yeah, so it is... You get to quite uh, an elite level, like, right, within mm. MBS. And uh, yeah, Radars even goes on and offers us like tickets to try out all the experiences at MBS if you, if you like. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, is shit. it? Um, not looking for anything returned, but yeah, would be a waste if it isn't used. Including yeah. the Sampan. The Sampan, uh, oh, the Art Science Museum and Skypark Observation. By the way, we can take it offline review radars, but thank you for the offer. We, I think, uh, yeah, these are things we would like to try. Yeah. Cool, man. To feel like a Paisa level. Paisa uh, level. Paisa level spender at MBS. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. All right. Yeah. Sweet. And what is your one shock thing, man? Uh my one shock thing is uh there's uh, I mean in the wrestling world, there've been a lot of uh 
the big thing happened yesterday in the pro wrestling world, mm. which is uh, the wrestler CM Punk returning mm. to WWE. Mm. So it's a big deal because I think he left the WWE. I mean, he was basically WWE's biggest star at one point and he left on quite acrimonious terms like nine years ago. And since then, he he's fought in the UFC a couple of times. He's fought, uh, I mean, he's worked for another wrestling organization, AEW. And there was a thought that he would never, ever come back to WWE. Lah. But yesterday he came back and uh, it's kind of like, mm, I think for anyone who follows the, the industry, even like uh, not not regularly, but just as a casual fan or something like that, mm. uh, it's quite a big deal. Lah. In, in the sense, it's almost like, I don't know, Ronaldo returning the menu, that kind of feel. Wow. You know, sends shivers down wrestling uh, fans' spines. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... And he's quite old also, right? He's 40s already. Like, uh, yeah, he's been around for very long, but it was very acrimonious. Like, he split with WWE and he was, he's quite famous for the pipe bomb moment where basically he, he came out uh, during a segment, he came out of the ring and just talked shit about, uh, and talked real shit about what was going on in the, in the locker room with other wrestlers and all that. Uh, mm. And why he was so pissed off by it. And, and you know, and that, that won him a lot of fans and, and also like made, uh, made the, the wrestling world notice him. Uh, notice that this guy, you can't control him like typical WWE wrestler. Uh. Mm. So for him to now be back in WWE and I mean, probably making a lot of money, but uh, just seeing how they're going to work this, how they're going to you know, how they're going to work through all the differences like in creative and all that it should, should be quite interesting. Like. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. So you still watch wrestling like every once in a while? No, I, I follow, actually I follow it as a business like more, I follow it as a business now because mm. remember now the parent company of WWE is the same as UFC as well. Oh. Yeah, they were bought over by Endeavor, right? WWE oh. also Endeavor. So, and then Vince McMahon has sort of like stepped down, right, stepped yeah. down from the creative side. So, you know, the the culture of the company seems to be changing a little bit. I think Triple H is the the boss now. Mm. So it's just interesting to watch all these things going on and how like WWE and UFC are going to integrate together and all. I don't actually watch like, any matches or anything. I and just Triple H is married to Vince McMahon's daughter, daughter, is it? Yeah, Stephanie McMahon, yeah. Oh, shit, man. So I mean, these are big family empires and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's like succession levels of betrayal and shit going on behind the scenes, huh? That's why it's, it's interesting to follow. Wow, yeah. interesting. Cool. Uh, my one shock thing is this show on Netflix that mm. I've been recommended to. I don't know by who. Um, and it is called... It's it's a sketch comedy show. Mm. Uh, mm. And it is called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Mm. So they are... It's basically... I think previously I've spoken about a sketch show called I Think You Should Leave by Tim Robinson. Yeah. But basically, this is like, uh, it's same like surrealist comedy. Uh, like every episode is like 20 minutes and it's less about individual sketches, but it's still a very thin story. But it's so weird and random mm. that it's actually watchable. Oh, really? Like, the, the, this, today I watched a bit, there was a five-minute segment about how changing their Wi-Fi network name from something to poo-poo Mm. made them like celebrities in like world celebrities uh, because of the ingenuity like uh-huh. it's so random and ridiculous that when you put it all together it's quite watchable uh. uh-huh, and then okay. when I when I try to understand oh who are these people so Auntie Donna is actually a sketch group from Australia that has been around since 2011 mm. uh, and yeah they did live shows they have a YouTube channel of like 500 plus thousand followers and they just got the show in on Netflix uh, that came out I think 2020 
but it's so random and so surrealist. If you like Monty Python, if you like Tim Robinson, um, yeah, it just just give this. A, it's a very easy watch, like you watch one episode and you're like you either love it or you hate it, la. It's on where again? Sorry? Netflix, Netflix. Netflix. Oh, yeah, okay. Auntie Donna's House of Fun. Uh, but yeah, so it was interesting, man. And it's always nice to see people who started off on YouTube, uh, like evolve over time and all. Mm. Uh, and oh, they technically, is, I think, started their YouTube same as us. Wow, twenty eleven. Yeah. Dun dun dun. But yeah, cool. yeah, that, that was my one shock thing, man. Nice, sweet, man. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, this week is going to be a packed week. Right? Yeah, packed so, week. Yeah. yeah. Might have a very interesting guest coming on. Yeah. So keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah, keeping yeah. our fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. Not, it's not Gary Neville, though, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Gary Neville. Uh, soon, uh, soon, one day, one day. One day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And remember, if you uh, enjoyed this podcast, it would be great if you could share it with one other person and follow us on social media, uh, hit notifications, leave us a review. And and what else, Terrence? Uh, and uh, yeah, we want to work with uh, us. Uh, Contact at ministryoffunny.com. Yeah, man. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>